Lord, I am so thankful we can sing about heaven, about Jesus. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Romans chapter 8 this morning. Romans chapter number 8. Again, I'm so glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us, we want to thank you for being here. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the singing. I pray that you would enjoy the message here this morning as well. We're in a series here at our church through the book of Acts. And uh, we've preached, uh, preaching through the book of Acts on Sunday mornings. And we saw uh, several different things through Acts. We saw a healthy church. We saw a church under attack. And then we got to the place where we saw just a total makeover. We saw some people in the Bible that um, because of salvation, their entire lives were changed. And remember that day that you trusted Jesus Christ as your savior and your entire life was changed that day. Amen. And so we saw this, and, and, and uh, last week we looked at the one that changes lives, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so we took a, just a little bit of a break from Acts so that we could better understand what was happening in the book of Acts as people were trusting Christ as their Savior. I had many emails several week, two weeks ago after preaching um, that message from Acts chapter 8. I had uh, several messages, just more than normal uh, comments on the message. And most of them were, were asking, how do you walk in the Spirit? I hear it talked about. We, we read of the Holy Spirit. We see in, uh, in the Bible the, the work of the Holy Spirit. But how do we walk in the Spirit? What does that mean? Many people are saved, but... They're, they're not living that, that Christ-centered life that the Spirit of God can empower you and strengthen you to live. And if you're not, you're missing out. And so we looked last week and we just could not get finished with this entire uh, message last week. And so I want to bring your attention to Romans chapter number eight. Romans chapter number eight. And um, let's begin reading, if you would please, with me in Romans Eight, verse number one, there is therefore no, now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, what's the Bible say, but after the spirit. Look with me in verse number two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, Condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Go down with me, if you would, please, to verse number eight. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye, ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of us. If, if, and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. And then we find in verse number 12, follow along with me if you would please. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For we live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
For ye, not, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And the children then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Look with me in verse number 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Father, would you help us today? As we look at this second week, we're going to study about your spirit. And we need your help today to do this. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit would, if there's confusion, would bring clarity to each heart. I pray that so far in this service that we've been yielded to your spirit. I pray as we've sung about you, that our hearts were right. As we worshiped you, I pray that you were pleased. And now, Lord, as we come to this passage of Scripture where we truly want to understand how to walk in the Spirit, we pray that your Spirit would help us and guide us and lead us. We ask you these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter number 8, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you just to write a few things down here uh, with Romans chapter number 8. We find this in verse number 11, that every believer has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us. The first thing that you must understand is this. The moment that you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God began to dwell inside of you. Yes, there is still that old nature that, that uh, wants control. There's still that old nature that, that wants to be fed. But the Spirit of God now dwells inside of us. And the Bible says this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have the power to live a Christ-centered life. You have the power to resist sin. You have the power uh, to, to live a life pleasing the Lord because of the Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of you. We find that in he, uh, Romans chapter chapter 8, verse 11. We also find this in Romans 8, verses 14. It's that we are led by the Spirit of God. He leads us. And this is where a lot of confusion comes in. And, and unfortunately, we don't hear a lot of preaching on the Holy Spirit often in churches. And sometimes we think this, when, when, when it's the Holy Spirit, it may be uh, speaking in tongues or some emotional uh, uh, um, uh, movement within us. And, and that's not at all what, what Paul here is speaking about. The Holy Spirit of God, he dwells in us and he leads us every single moment of our lives. It's not an emotional experience that takes place during necessarily a worship service or a church service, but the Holy Spirit of God, he lives inside of you every day, every moment, uh, every time in your life. And he is there to lead you in every single area. Now, the question would be this, are we allowing him to lead us? Are we yielding ourselves so that he can have control in our life? Every decision that you need to make in life, the Spirit of God is there and dwells you, and it's He that we need to depend upon to make that decision and yield to that decision that's made. In verse number 15, the Bible tells us this, that He gives us the assurance of our relationship with our Father. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Look again with me in verse number 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. In verse number 16, the Spirit reminds us that we are a child of God. 
What a wonderful reminder every single day, every single moment, the, uh, the Holy Spirit of God reminds us who our Father is. I'm a child of God. I'm I'm, I'm not uh, uh, in bondage to this world, in bondage to this sin. Because I trusted Christ as my Savior, the Holy Spirit of God continually reminds me that I am a child of God. A wonderful work of the Spirit. But we must learn, and this is the part that in the message I wanted to get to last week, we've got to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Because so many Christians go through life and they make excuses for how they live. Many Christians go through life and they've now become discouraged and so they've just come to the place where they surrender to living a sin-filled life. It's not that you're not saved. It's because you've not learned to yield or walk in the spirit of God. You've not allowed the spirit of God to to guide you and, and you've not learned how to be obedient to him. And we find in Scripture that the Spirit of God, we, in order for us to walk in the Spirit, we must be dependent upon Him. We must be sensitive to His voice, and we must allow Him to direct or to guide us in our life. And again, I said this last week, and that is something that He wants to do every single moment. Let me say that again. We must learn to be dependent upon Him. How many of you ever made a decision in your life that, that at the, in the moment, in the heat of the moment, you thought it was a good decision only to find out that it was not a very good decision? It got you into some trouble. It was a decision that you made out of emotion or decision that you made out of, out of just, just looking at the pros and cons and thought, well, this, is a, this must be the right thing. Well, the Spirit of God lives inside of us and He will guide us and we must learn to be dependent upon Him. But in order to be dependent upon him, we must be sensitive to his voice. We must hear him. How many of you men, your wife has ever talked to you and you, she's talking away, but you're either watching that football game or you're doing, you're distracted and she's talked and she's talked and she's talked and she finally said, do you hear what I'm saying? And you said, yes, I heard everything you just said. What did I say? Say it again one more time, just so to make sure I got it right the first time. Or you know what you said. You said it. Why should I repeat it? You see, the Spirit of God is speaking, but we must be sensitive enough to listen. Are we listening? Are we listening to that voice? Are we listening to that still, small voice inside of us that's prompting us? And then as we depend upon him, we must be sensitive to him. Then do we allow him to lead us? Do we, do we, are we obedient? See, the Holy Spirit expresses the life of Christ in our life. That's his work. The the, the Spirit of God continually, continually teaches us how to be like Christ. That's the work of the Spirit. Because I I don't know how to be like Christ in my own flesh. I, I know what I like, and I know what I want, and I know what I want to be, and I know how I've been raised, and I know my life experiences, but, but the Holy Spirit of God that indwells inside of us is always leading us to become like Christ. Matter of fact, the only way that you can be, the, uh, uh, have a, live a life like Christ desires us to live is through the work of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is dwelling in us. And he teaches us to live like Christ. And every believer here today ought to have that desire. I want to live 
like Christ. I want to make decisions like Christ. I want to, I want to, I want to live a life pleasing to the Lord. And so therefore, we must be sensitive. As I said, we must be sensitive to the prompting of the Spirit. And we need to learn to listen to the Spirit immediately. When the Spirit of God speaks to us, the best thing that we as Christians should do is immediately obey his prompting. Hear me, Christian, those that are saved, those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, those that have the Spirit of God living inside of us, the Spirit of God is always continually leading and guiding. He's always speaking. He's always saying things like, don't say that. Don't behave that way. Don't treat someone that way. He's always guiding us and directing us. He's constantly speaks to our spirit. He's always leading us. We can depend on him. And we know this when the spirit of God leads us is always leading us to right. The Holy Spirit guides us and gives us the power to live this Christian life. And sadly, though, this, when we ignore the Spirit, we're being disobedient. And Christian, this is sad for us. It's, it's disobedience and it's rebellion toward God. I must confess there's times in my life that I know the Holy Spirit of God has prompted me in areas and I did not do it for several reasons. Sometimes I just didn't feel like it. Just be honest with you. There, there's been times in my marriage where, where the Holy Spirit of God has prompted me and, and, and very, very clearly in my spirit told me the way I'm responding, the way I'm behaving is not Christ-like. And instead of, of listening to the Spirit of God, instead of being obedient to the Spirit of God, I've ignored the Spirit of God and I've been disobedient to the Spirit of God. And it doesn't help my marriage, it always hurts there's been times like that in parenting as well. There's been times the Spirit of God, you know, I've prayed this often. We have five children, and, and every single one of them are different. Every single one of them. I still can't figure out how, how five children made by the same two parents raised in the same home can be so different. I still can't figure that out. And because I can't figure it out, you know what I need? Help. And the Spirit of God is there prompting and leading. The Spirit of God is there to help me be a, a godly parent. But I must confess, there's times that I ignore the Spirit because I'm in my flesh. And when I ignore the Spirit of God, I'm being disobedient and I'm being rebellious toward God. I want you to think about that. To ignore the Spirit of God's prompting is be, to, to be disobedient. In every, every moment of our life, there are enemies that we face. We face the world, we face the devil, we, we face the flesh. Every single person here today, please, please hear me today. I want you to stay with me this morning, please. Because I believe messages like this, when we talk about the Spirit of God, uh, uh, what his work is, and us being yielded to him, this is what we need to live the victorious Christian life. This is why some of us aren't living that victorious Christian life, because we choose to live life the way we want to live it. 
We choose to listen to our flesh. We choose to listen to this world or the system of this world. We choose to listen to Satan and his tempting. And we don't live that victorious Christian life and become discouraged in life. We become defeated. And, and, and God didn't save us so that we would live defeated, discouraged life. We have overcome sin. Because the spirit of God that lives inside of us empowers us and ought to control us. Satan, listen to me today, Satan may tempt you, but he can't make you sin. If you're sinning today, it's not because the power of God isn't strong. It's not because the Holy Spirit of God doesn't indwell you. It's not because the Holy Spirit of God doesn't have the strength to give you and the guidance to give you. It's because you're choosing to sin. You're choosing not to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Some, some people think they can't go without sinning. You've convinced yourself that you, you can't do this life the way the Bible tells you to. And so you, you come and you get things right with God only to, to leave and live a, a, a sin-filled life all week long because you've convinced yourself that it's too difficult, it's too hard, and you can't do it. There's many Christians that live that defeated life. But you can live a life pleasing Lord because the Spirit of God lives inside of you and he's guiding you and he is the one that wants to lead you. And if you will live a surrendered life, yielded to the Spirit of God, you can live this life pleasing the Lord free from sin. But we must learn to live in obedience to the Spirit of God. So when he speaks to you, what do you do? Look with me again at Romans 8. Go back there with me, please. Romans 8. And I want to pick up reading now in verse number 5. Romans 8, verse number 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. So many of us are looking for peace in life. We're looking for contentment. We're looking for peace. And you're not going to find it by being yielded to your flesh, to be yielded to your mind the way your mind wants to think. You will only find it by being yielded to the Spirit of God. Look, look at verse number 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Christian, you can't live in your flesh and expect to be pleasing to God. Matter of fact, verse number seven says you're at enmity or you're hostile toward God. You're an enemy of God. You see, it takes place, the battle takes place in our mind. The battle takes place here every day. We must, we must realize that our mind needs to be conditioned that we are going to be yielded to the spirit, not yielded to our flesh. That's why I believe it's so important, Christian, when you wake up in the morning, this, this morning I, my alarm went off and I laid there for, for a good amount of time and, and, and uh, would just hit that snooze button, not because I kept going back to sleep. I was just meditating. I was just in an attitude of prayer, asking the Lord to make sure that my mind was right. Make sure that my thinking is right today. 
especially on days like this. I remember several, several years ago, about four years or so ago, when we, we, we moved here and then we came out, it was March. And I remember walking out of the office building, it was beginning of March and I opened that door and I looked up in the sky and I said, are you ever going to be blue again? I mean, it was gray. And it was affecting my attitude, and it was affecting my spirit, and it was affecting my mind, and it was affecting how I spoke, and it was affecting how I acted. And listen to me, all of that, they are excuses. This morning I looked out and I saw the trees all blowing, and it was dark later than it, than it uh, normally was. And, and, and that, that thought went back again that day that I looked out and I said, are you ever going to be blue again? Those emotions flooded over me. And so I laid there and I just simply meditated upon the Lord and his word. And I asked the Holy Spirit of God, today more than any other day this week, I need you to guide me. Because right now, I'm not in a good mood. The beautiful leaves, yesterday I'm driving down, and I'm, I said to one of my daughters, isn't it so beautiful? And she says, Dad, fall is beautiful. And today I looked, and they're all over my yard. They're not on the trees anymore. I was upset because they're on the trees anymore, and then I was upset because i got to rake them up. Listen, our mind, our mind if we're not careful, our mind... Our mind can control us, our thoughts of our mind, our flesh, this world, and Satan can get in there and can cause us not to live this victorious Christian life. We must make sure that the battle of our mind is won by yielding our mind to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God. Because in yielding our mind to him, then the second battle is the battle of our actions. You know where bad behavior first starts? In your mind. When you come to the place, Christian, where you know that your mind is not where it needs to be, you need to be surrendered and yield to the Spirit of God. You need to simply surrender your mind to Christ. Because if you can't win the battle of your mind, you'll never win the battle of your actions. Set your mind, set your mind on things of Christ. See, you must you must choose to be obedient to God. That's a choice you must make. See, so many people, they, what, I, I, wanna be, I wanna be healed of the spirit, but I don't know how. The first way you must do is you must choose that I'm gonna be obedient to God. It's a choice I'm gonna make in my mind. I'm going to be obedient to God. Now, being obedient to God doesn't always feel the best. When somebody does something to you that hurts you, our flesh says what? Respond. Tell them what you think. Respond. Tell them how it made you feel. But the Spirit of God says, behave Christ-like. When somebody does something or, or hurts you, you want to get even. You want them to know that you're mad at them. And the Spirit of God says, why don't you learn to forgive them? Why don't you behave like Christ? But we must choose, if we want to be yielded to the Spirit of God, if we want to walk in the Spirit, we must choose to obey God. See, we win the battle in the mind when we choose to be yielded to the Spirit. When you choose to disobey God, the Bible says this, you are at enmity or you are hostile toward God. 
Could you imagine being hostile toward God? I mean, there's, there's, nobody, there's nobody that I would think of in this room that would say, you know what? I'm going to be hostile toward God today. I'm going to be an enemy with God. I'm going to wake up today, and God, you're the enemy, and I'm going to do everything I can to resist you. There would, there would be nobody here. I wouldn't think anybody here would say, that's how I wake up today. I wake up, and I'm going to be hostile toward God. I'm going to be an enemy at God. I'm going to be at odds with God today. But that's what you do when you're disobedient. That's what you do when you're not yielded to the Spirit. That's what you do when when the Spirit of God tells you to behave a certain way and act a certain way. And we're resistant to that. We're, we're, We're yielded then to our flesh and we're feeding our flesh. When you choose to do that, the Bible says you are at odds with God. How foolish that would be. How foolish. But when you choose to disobey God, the Bible here says in verse number seven, you are, your mind is enmity or your mind is hostile against God. You see, we must, must decide to follow God. Look with me, if you would, please, in 1 Peter chapter one. Would you go there? 1 Peter chapter number one. I'm sure this is a familiar passage of scripture to some that you've read this before as you've studied this. But I want to bring your attention to what Peter says. In verse number 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that has brought you unto the the revelation of Jesus Christ. What does he say again in verse number 13, beginning? Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Be sober. Look with me in Colossians. Go over just a few pages uh, toward Romans again. Colossians chapter number three. Speaking of our mind. Look with me in verse number one. If ye then be risen with Christ. Colossians 3, 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. He said, desire those, seek those, go after those things that are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the Father. What else does he say? Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. What is, what is the, the author of, of, of Colossians saying? Paul is saying this. If it starts with your mind, Christian. I want to be yielded to the uh, 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 Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. Your mind must be right. My affections must be right. I've got to desire the things that are heavenly things, not desire the things of this world. I've got to put my mind upon heavenly places, not the things of this world. For ye are dead, verse number three, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. You see, many of us want to walk in the spirit, but we want to think how we think. Many of us want to be led in the spirit, but we don't want to give up control of what our flesh desires. What we find throughout the scripture is this. We either are going to give to the flesh and feed the flesh, or we're going to yield to the spirit. But you have to choose. And it isn't because the spirit is weak. It's because we're not yielded to the spirit of God. It's because we're not starving our flesh. Each day we must set our mind on the things of God. I, I, I want to 
warning you, church, be careful of what you fill your mind with. I, I, I'm convinced more and more there are things, there are things that are just that are just in society now that we've just become accustomed to. I last couple of weeks I've been in the airports, many different airports, going several different places, had some layovers, and and I was flying uh, in, in Delta and. Every airport that I was in on Delta, I was walking down the ramp to get on an airplane. And, um, you know, they've got these posters. Delta has these posters. And they're, they're wanting you to upgrade. You know, upgrade from, you know, your, your basic seat, upgrade to Comfort Plus. Because in Comfort Plus, you get all these extra benefits. Six more inches of legroom. Alcohol. Then, then, then they, uh, the sign, the one of the last signs was upgrade to first class because it's in first class. You get on first. You get good meal. I mean, heated up in their microwave right there. Now you got a good meal. And there, there was two men sitting there. One had his head on the other one's lap area and and, and, and I forget exactly what it said, but pretty much spend time, spend intimate time with the one that you love. And people in front of me, I was reading those and the people, one of the places that the people in front of me, they looked at that and they made a comment about what they saw there. And I thought to myself, just how the things of this world are just becoming so common for us anymore. You might call me old-fashioned or weird for this, but just not long ago, the last two months or so, my wife and I came to the conclusion, we're just going to get rid of television in our home. Get rid of cable. Not get rid of a television, but get rid of the cable, the dish. Because what we found was everything that we were pumping into our home it was infiltrating the mind of our children. And, and, and my girls were watching. And, and, and you say, it's only the Hallmark Channel. And I, I'm, not, I'm not preaching against the Hallmark Channel, please. I, I'm not doing that. I'm just simply saying for me, that's all they were watching. I'd come into my, I'd come into my, my, my living room and there it was. You know, there's this two people. They met on a train. And, 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 and by the end, my youngest one's like, oh, they're kissing again. My older ones are like, oh, my knight in shining armor. Dad, can we go on a train ride? No, you're not going on a train ride. You're staying in this house. <laughs> Listen, what I'm simply saying is this, this world, this world is just every moment of every day. It is doing everything it can and Satan is doing everything he can to capture your mind. The Spirit of God says, give me your mind. Christian, you cannot live a victorious Christian life by putting all this filth of this world into your mind and expecting then that you're going to be yielded to the Spirit and give him your mind. It's impossible. It's impossible. Starve the flesh. Stop feeding that flesh. 
my girls were out yesterday and, and they made cookies and they were delivering cookies. Our youth group went out and went to, uh, uh, I guess a bunch of them had different, different uh, outreach activities yesterday. And uh, one of my girls, they made cookies. They brought cookies and there was a bag of cookies, chocolate chip, homemade chocolate chip cookies on a bag sitting on my counter with my name on them. It said my last name, Rands. I went over to that bag. I opened that bag. I first went and got a cup of milk and I poured myself a nice cup of milk. I put it on the counter. I opened that bag and I heard someone across the room. <clears throat> I looked over and I said, what are you <clears throat> about? These have my name on them. My wife said, you don't need them. Oh, I wanted to say, I don't need you right now, but I didn't because yielded to the spirit. But oh, my flesh wanted a chocolate chip cookie. So often our flesh wants things. Our flesh desires things. But hear me, Christian, we need to learn to starve our flesh. Because hear me, the Spirit, the Spirit wants to control us. The Spirit does speak to us. But many of us aren't yielded because we're not sensitive. We need to stop feeding our flesh. If you want to walk in the Spirit, you must have your mind set on correct things, godly things. In order to do that, you've got to starve your flesh so that your flesh doesn't constantly win. I knew chocolate chip cookies weren't good for me. I, 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 I knew they are not healthy, but it's hard to say no. Why would you bring them home and put my name on it right in front of me? You know what I need to learn? Starve it. In order to have a godly life, you have to have a godly mindset. In order to have a godly life, you must have a godly mindset. Listen, I'm just like you. I've been hurt. How many have been hurt by somebody? I have. There's people I want to ignore. There's people that have hurt me, and I don't want anything to do with them. Matter of fact, when I see them, I, I say to myself... I am not going to be hurt again. I'm just not going to deal with you. And you know what the Spirit of God says? You're sinning. You're sinning. And in that moment, I must choose to either feed my flesh or be yielded to the Spirit of God. When people cross you, see, I battle with this just like you. When people hurt you, you want to write them off, you want to just put them in their place. But the Spirit of God says, seek peace. The Spirit of God says, be like Christ and learn to forgive. And what happens? All over the world, we've got Christians that worship together, but won't speak to, get to, to each other. All over the world, we've got husbands and wives that drive together to church with families but the Spirit of God isn't there because, because it isn't being able to do because they're flesh. They're fighting and warring and, and, and disputing. 
this is what we've been accustomed to, Christians, and this is not right. It's not right. I was with someone this past week, good conversation. They said this, you know, the, the, pretty much now in Christian homes as well, one out of every two families end in divorce. How does that change? They said this, the statistic came out, that someone that did a lot of research, families, husbands and wives that pray together, that read the scripture together, that, that are yielded to the spirit together, this is something they purposely, on purpose, seek to do, be yielded to the spirit of God. The number goes from one to two to one in every 1,050. If I asked everybody that's married today to stand, and had 50% of you sit down, you'd say, boy, marriage is difficult, isn't it? Not when you put the spirit of God in the middle. Not when you put Christ in his place. Not when you yield yourself to the spirit of God. Not when you listen to the spirit of God. Not when you decide in your mind that you're gonna have a godly home. You know what the statistics go? To one in every 1,050. Yet we fail to do it. See, the Spirit of God says seek peace. And this is where we all battle. This is where we all need to understand. Because we lash out. We let our anger control us. We give in to our jealousy. We give in to our negative spirit. We're mean. We get, we're selfish. We want things our way. Listen, I, I'm just like you are. You cut me, I've got red blood going through my veins just like you. I like things my way. When something doesn't go the way I want it to go, I can either choose flesh or I can seek the spirit of God and yield to him and say, seek peace, forgiveness. Which one do you choose? You see, many want to be yielded to the Spirit. Many want to learn how to walk in the Spirit. But you've got to learn to starve your flesh. We want it our way. We want to be right. None of those things bring peace to life of a Christian. Let, let me say that again. None of those things bring peace to the life of a Christian. The only way that you can have peace that God desires you to have and that you can have is by being yielded to the spirit of God. His way is always right and his way always ends with peace, always. We must starve that old flesh and allow God's spirit to control us. You know what happens though, many of us? When we're in a situation we're in, we go to someone else that thinks like us and we ask them, you ever done this? Am I right thinking here? I mean, am I right? I mean, you, you, you know what she did. Listen, this is what happened. Oh, you are, listen to me. She's wrong, you're justified. They deserve that. You see, we like to go to someone that agrees with us we, we want to go. I'm just coming to see if I'm thinking right here. I'm just, listen to me. If I'm wrong, tell me. Inside you're saying, now I know you're not going to tell me I'm wrong because you think just like me. Don't, listen to me, listen to me. Christian, don't go to someone else that's wrong in their thinking and you justify it because they think it that way that you must be right. 
We need to go to the Spirit of God and say, Spirit of God, am I right in feeling this way? Am I right in thinking this way? Am I right in treating this person this way? The Spirit of God is who we need to yield to. Oh, there's so oftentimes in my, in my relationship with Michelle, so oftentimes I can convince myself, I am right. Therefore, I can be a jerk. The Spirit of God says, and you want peace in your home? See, sometimes we ought to not be so concerned if, if we're right. We ought to be more concerned as if we're yielded to the Spirit. Because if you're yielded to the Spirit, you'll always be right. Because it's not you that's right. It's the Spirit of God that's right. And it's you just being obedient to Him. Don't go to others think like you. Meditate on God's word. Change our mindset. You know, this morning I was, and I'm not very good at this. I, I make up words. My uh, wife, have you feel bad for me? I sing songs and she says, that's not even right. You're making things up. I put grace where it says mercy and mercy, but it's all good stuff, you know? I'm just humming away. My kids will be like, Dad, what are you singing? That doesn't even sound like a song. I said, just leave me alone. But you know what I do? I, I'll think about scripture. You know what sometimes I even do? It helps me. I just make up a tune. I'll take a verse that I have memorized and I'll make up a tune. I'll just start singing that verse. Don't ask me to sing it again because I forgot the tune. But I, at the, in the moment, I just sing a tune. Meditating on God's word. This morning, I just laid there and I just was thinking upon verses, thinking upon this message, thinking upon God's word, meditating on God's word. You know why? Because I want to be yielded to a spirit today. I want to wake up and have peace in my home. I wanted to come to church today. And I honestly said this, I was sitting here on the front row when we were getting ready to sing. And I thought to myself, I wonder what we're singing today. And this is what I determine in my heart. I don't care what it is. I'm going to worship the Lord. I don't care what it is. Eh, it's not one of my favorites. It's not about me. It's about the Spirit of God living inside of me. Me yielding myself to him and being obedient to Christ. You see, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of you. We need to meditate on the word of God. We need to change our mindset so it's not on fleshly things or worldly things or tempted by Satan. We must, we must allow the spirit of God to lead us. So what do I do? I'm done with this. Learn to surrender. Learn to surrender. Learn to say, all right, Lord, I'll do it. Maybe you're here today and the Holy Spirit of God is prompting you that you need to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. Why don't you just surrender today? All right, Lord, I'm not going to put my faith in tradition. I'm not going to put my faith in religion. I'm not going to put my faith in works. I'm not going to put my faith in the world system. I'm going to put my faith in Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of God is leading you today to surrender to the truth that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the one we sung about today.
It's the cross. It's the resurrection that will one day allow us to spend eternity in heaven. We need to learn to be surrendered. We need to learn to just yield. And we need to learn today, just trust the spirit of God. Christians, we must be dependent upon the spirit of God. And it starts in our mind. You ever hear that stinking thinking? You ever hear that stinking thinking? Stinking thinking is fleshly. We need to get away from stinking thinking and godly thinking and then allow the spirit of God to guide us. He wants to work in your life today. There's decisions that you will make today. He wants control. Will you yield and surrender so that he can have control of your life every moment of every day? Father.